Happy Thursday, everybody. You are listening to Nerdspresso, and I am your host, Ashley Fletcher. This is our dun-dun-dun season finale episode, episode 10, and we have a wonderful, wonderful guest for you guys. I'm so excited for you to listen to it. Um, I'm really hoping that we can be back in a few months with some more episodes, but of course, we all have to be patient and just kind of ride out this this wave of of COVID. Um, I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, and um, I will definitely miss all you guys while we are on a hiatus, but we will come back with more fun guests, more coffee, and I can't wait. Today, we are talking to the amazing Mark Mir. You know him as Commander Shepard from Mass Effect, and he has been a longtime friend of all of my friends for years and years and years. We're all convention buddies. Um, I have had the pleasure of just meeting him a couple years ago at Dragon Con, and he is seriously one of the sweetest people and one of the most talented people I have ever met. And I just can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode because he's so awesome. And I got to do this interview right before he did his performance for Improvised Dungeons and Dragons, which if you're in Canada, or uh, Atlanta, I highly recommend you go see one of the performances when he's in town because it is so funny and so hilarious. And just as a reminder, while we're on hiatus, don't forget to follow us on social media at at NerdSpressoPod on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And you can listen to backlog episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, including our website, which is nerdspressopodcast.com. But you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, uh, podcast.com, Stitcher, everything. We also have a Patreon if you uh, wish to go check that out, um, where you can get in on some uh, BTS stuff, do some giveaways, some polls. Um, about guests and what, uh, who you guys would like to hear in the future. So if you want to go check that out, please feel free. And we are going to go ahead and jump on into this episode with Mark Mir. So I just want you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Geek Grind Coffee. Geek Grind Coffee is run by an amazing Colombian-American family with their own coffee farms down in the Colombian mountains. They grow, harvest, and package their coffee in Colombia before sending it to the States, which gives their coffee a fresher taste. They have reaching coffee shops, game stores, conventions, and even some college campuses. Their current adventure series features the best of the D&D world and is available in bags or K-cups, and the artwork is amazing. But we now have a discount code for you to use. So head over to geekgrindcoffee.com and use code ASHLG20 to grab your bag of coffee today. That's ASHLG20 to grab your bag of coffee today. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. Not at all. My pleasure. So, how are you? I'm doing well. How good. about you? I'm good. It's, you know, it's been, what today? Is today Friday? I don't today know. is Friday. Yes. Okay. I don't even know what day it is anymore. I know that because I have Improvised Dungeons and Dragons. I'm so excited for mm. Improvised Dungeons and Dragons. So, explain. Okay, we'll just jump into that. Explain a little bit about the, what this show is, because I have a friend coming tonight, and he literally thought I was taking him to go, like, play D&D in front of a group. Right. And I was like, no, no, that's not at all what it is. Well, it is, except that <laughs> we're the ones doing it. Exactly. So, yeah. But you're not actually 
rolling dice no, or no, anything it, like that. It is an improv comedy show yes. and it uses Dungeons and Dragons as its base. Uh, I'm the dungeon master. And uh, dungeon master. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, and uh, there are a number of Dungeons and Dragons shows across the world that I'm aware of. Uh, I started mine about 10 years ago now. I believe uh, okay. 2010 is when we started at Rapid Fire Theater in Edmonton, Canada. Canada. In Canada. <laughs> Beyond the Wall. Beyond the Wall. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, essentially, uh, it's it's a Dungeons and Dragons adventure played in, in front of the audience. Uh, in our format, the one that I created, I essentially do everything that a dungeon master would do. Okay. So I am playing all the monsters, but also all the townspeople, all mm-hmm. the mentors and people that they run into and anyone who isn't the the player characters. The player characters all play in full costume with props, with all their equipment uh, and things like that. We actually did uh, roll up their characters. uh, Love that. Old-fashioned, you know, using D6s. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not strictly necessary, but I I like the... (laughs) I like the the authenticity that that went. Yeah. So yeah, there were dice involved, but it was it was sort of in the character creation process. Uh, we don't have dice in the game. I basically mm-hmm. just sort of make the calls, and uh, in a sense, I'm using some of the techniques that they'd use in diceless role playing systems. Oh, okay. And also just hey, what do I think is funny and what? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, and it is give and take between myself and the players. Uh, they're they're improvising and I'm improvising, so I don't oh, have. Okay. So, so it's not scripted at all? No, I don't have an adventure set up. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I just have, you know, a yeah. good working knowledge of the monster manual and things Got like that. Got it. Yeah. So, do you, so you don't even, like, set up an outline of how you want each show to go? Nope. Or anything? You just, you just roll with it? No, uh, in our format, uh, essentially, the players usually have uh, a little moment at the beginning, whether they're at their campfire yeah. or at a, uh, you know, the stereotypical beginning yeah. at a roadside inn. Yeah. That sort of thing. And from their conversation, because the characters are just interacting, usually something will twig as to which direction the story is going to take. I also get some suggestions off the top. And uh, that informs the story as well. But yeah, we're all just just improvising it. How do you even, like, be good at that? Like, (laughs) in my mind, I'm not an improver. Mm. Like, I do what I can in regular D&D. Sure. But I... When it comes to improving in music or in acting or anything like that, like I just, I guess my brain just doesn't work that way, or I haven't really worked that muscle. It's like anything. It is. Yeah. It is like working a muscle. Like any yeah. anything else, it's a skill, and mm-hmm. you work at it. And yeah. I've been doing improv for a long time. Now, oh, okay. So, uh, over twenty five years, coming up wow. on thirty years, really. And uh, yeah, it's it's. Like anything else, you uh, you do it and you do it and you put in your yeah. ten thousand hours or whatnot. Oh my gosh! Uh, and beyond that, just as a dungeon master, like an actual tabletop role playing game, I, I had a fairly improvisational style there okay. as well. Okay. Yeah, and more so since I started doing improv. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know, like in regular D anD D, you know, you have some DMs who are strictly like they can roll with whatever their players throw at them, mm-hmm. and then you have some people cough cough. Someone we know, Devin. <laughs> he has to write everything. Like he he doesn't like being unprepared. Oh, I wouldn't have known that actually, because yeah. I've you know I've I've played D and D with Devin, and he's I know. Uh, they're they're so good. They seem at it. they seem very good at rolling. But with that's punches. that's the thing with Dustin and Devin is they complement each other, mm-hmm. and so Devin typically has it all written out and everything, and then if something happens to deviate, that's where Dustin really can just like, okay, I got this for a second. Let's get it back to. <laughs> All of that, and so... Yeah, I, I really but, like playing with D4 because of the 2DM stuff. Yeah, it's... I, weirdly, I've never played with them in the dual style. Right. I've only played with them as singular DMs. Mm-hmm. So, like, how does that... Well, here's as a, a question. As a player, like, what is your observation and opinion of how it all works? Or does it basically feel like a right, just one DM... Uh, I think it adds something. I think that having two voices as the dungeon masters mm-hmm. uh, really, and beyond just having, you know, as a regular DM, if you were just by yourself, you yeah. might have to have a conversation with yourself right. or whatnot. Yeah, and that's the biggest note that they say is, you know, the NPCs can actually talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And it adds that little bit more depth of who you're talking to in this NPC that you come across yes. instead of just like, Hey, and like one person is going back and forth. Now, uh, well, here's a question: Did they uh, 
do the 2DM style for anything besides D4? Like, Not that I know of yet. Well, I think it's a good system. I mean, well, I, I let me back up a little bit. Yes, because they ran a LARP together. Mm-hmm. And that's how they built that hive mind that they have. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's difficult to run a LARP as one person. Yes. Uh, yeah, you need, well, to, you need I mean, several judges and yes, several, and lots of NPCs. They, they would run their own, like, side stories mm-hmm. together. And so in that, building those stories, they really discovered how well they work together. Mm-hmm. And they've been friends for so long. They're practically brothers at this point. And, like, they literally just share one brain. It's insane how like connected they are with all the creative stuff that they do oh sure yeah i, mean, I, I see that with you know uh, friends that i work with yeah. on a regular basis improvisers when uh, you've worked with someone a long time mm-hmm. and you've known them a long time then you get as you mentioned the sort of hive mind going yeah. on yeah so so i am sitting here i love that we just like jumped into it and i always just like we get into a conversation and then i like, here we are six minutes in, and I haven't even introduced you, but... <laughs> well, that's okay. I, I think I introduced myself off the you top. You did. Yeah. But for those who aren't Mass Effect fans... Sure. ...or aren't familiar with you, uh, I'm sitting here with the wonderful, fabulous Mark Mir, who, as we said, plays Commander Shepard on, in Mass Effect. In the Mass Effect trilogy, yes, yes. that's right. And so, uh, also a number of other games from Bioware, that I, uh, Dragon Age games, things like yes. that. The Long Dark, uh, which I'm in with Jennifer Hale, the mm-hmm. female Commander Shepard. Oh, yeah. Yes. And uh, The Long Dark was actually, uh, it was a really nice project to get to work on mm-hmm. because uh, Jennifer and I, uh, of course, we were both Commander Shepard, but yeah. that meant that we never really got to act with each other. Aww. We were playing the same person. Yeah. I mean, I play some aliens and things like that. But, yeah. And, you know, Jennifer also does, like, <laughs> the odd merc and things here, right. here and there. But in The Long Dark, we're actually, our characters are a divorced couple. Oh. So uh, we, we actually, in flashback scenes and whatnot, right. we get to explore the relationship and we actually get to act opposite cool. each other. So yeah. I have not played Mass Effect. Don't hate me. That's all right. <laughs> I don't hate I, you. I prefer to watch other people play video games. I get very frustrated with them very easily. Mm. So it prevents me from playing a lot of them Well, that's myself. the thing. I've, I've been told anecdotally that uh, by, by many people that uh, in, in a given uh, couple, often one person would be playing Mass Effect and their spouse or their partner would watch them playing it like it was a movie and you actually could do that. Yep. And see, Dustin had played Mass Effect way before we started dating. Mm -hmm. And so, but I always love his story of, he's like, yeah, when I played Mass Effect, and I was obviously Commander Shepard, but it was my face, but with Mark's voice coming out of it, and it was this total, like, weird, disjointed (laughs) thing. So... Yes, of course, you can make Commander (laughs) Shepard look like whatever you want. I actually, uh, I did try to make it look like me when I did my playthroughs, but uh, unfortunately, Caden Alenko has a monopoly on sideburns in the Mass (gasps) Effect universe. And your sideburns Uh, are so I've had sideburns for a long time. Yeah, so (laughs) uh, when I couldn't quite make it look like me, I I ended up just going with the default uh, Mark Vanderloo Shepard, who's an actual guy. Uh, okay. Yeah, the default I was gonna say, I feel like they modeled him after they did. somebody. Yes, uh, Mr. Vanderloo is a Dutch model and mm. he uh, he of course uh, signed up for you know the rights for his image to be used as the male commander shepherd. Cool. And uh, yeah, but he's he's a real guy, so like you can see pictures of, you know, his modeling pictures and say, like, "Oh, it's Commander Shepard <laughs> modeling some Italian clothes or whatnot." Yeah. That's again a weird like disjoint to see this like <laughs> pop culture (laughs) icon that you are so familiar with in like another form Mm -hmm. but so we have so many friends in common we do yes so many friends quite a few and i mean i knew dustin uh, from uh, before D four and before yeah. like the, the Dungeons and Dragons. Know oh, it's got to be well over ten years. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I think so because we met at DragonCon because right. we were both members of the superhero mm-hmm. costuming forum. Yes, because uh, I am I am a cosplayer myself. Yes. I I do enjoy the nerdy things and uh, and costuming and whatnot. So uh, the big Marvel and DC shoots mm-hmm. that uh, they would do at DragonCon. I think that's that's when we yeah. first ran into each other. I was other. about to say because that's mostly like all of the people that we have in common is. Like our friends Alan and Ned and Margie and just all the people involved with that. Mm-hmm. But I was obviously really late to the party. And I didn't get to meet you until like my third Dragon Con. Right, yes. I think. So I, I believe you I were Batgirl. 
Yes. <laughs> I, but I was a really obscure version of Batgirl. Right. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, like everyone, everyone always talks about you and they're like, oh, Mark, Mark is so amazing and fabulous. And blah, I'm glad to hear blah, that. Blah, blah, blah. And then I'm just like, cool, they know this really cool person that I don't know. And <laughs> then finally, like two Dragon Cons ago, I finally got to meet you. Yes. And then last year, I saw you so much, I feel like. Because we saw each other at D&D Live, and then yes. you came and did D4, mm-hmm. and Improv D&D, and then... Did, did you guys see? make it to the Improv D&D show at DragonCon? I can't remember. I apologize if you didn't. It was hard to get in. We, we turned away a lot of I people. I don't remember. Yes, DragonCon can be a blur. That, because we have the kids that weekend, and oh, so... Yes, and Dustin course. was doing a bajillion panels, mm-hmm. and so... And then we had the D4 live show, which you were a part of. Yes. Um, it was, the last Dragon Con was bonkers. It was. And I, <laughs> as I recall, I had to leave the D4 game early because I had to go perform in the Puppet Slam. Yes. 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 Kaiser Vex just disappeared into the crowd, yes. if I remember correctly. And actually, it, it, it was basically within the game, we were at a sort of weird <laughs> yeah. astral version of Dragon Con. So yeah, that was fun. Uh. Dragon, <laughs> I remember that now. It was a, a bunch of Dragonborn at Dragon Gun. Yes. That was amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I saw you at Dragon Con last year, and then just so much, yes. so much of you. Mm-hmm. So, but that's okay, you're a pretty cool dude. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Dragon Con, I, I do love Dragon Con, uh, also because you know, I, I have many friends that mm-hmm. uh, that's the only chance that I'll get to see them. And sometimes it's literally just passing each other on the escalators, like, hey, see you next year. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, but then you have those people that you run into, like, seven times Mm -hmm. at Dragon Con. You can't find anyone else. But you always run into the same people at least seven times. True. So, (laughs) but, yeah, no, Dragon Con is one of our favorite times of year. Um, Mine, too. But, yeah. So, um, so I am... I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but how did you get into voice acting? Because you've been voice acting for Ooh, a long time. 20 years or yeah. so. Uh, I My first work was with Bioware, and it was mm-hmm. on uh, the Dungeons & Dragons games that they were doing. Yeah. So my very first voice work was on Baldur's Gate 2. Okay. And uh, I've, I've told the story. I was about story. to say, I was, I was about to say, I feel like you worked on Baldur's Gate or something like that. I did, yeah, yeah. on the on, on two. And as I say, it was my very first mm-hmm. gig, uh, voice acting in video games, my first gig with Bioware. And it was one line in the final cutscene. I was one oh, really? of the uh, one of the evil clerics that was uh, of Baal that was that were nice. scheming at the end there. Uh, so that one line uh, apparently was. Sufficiently uh, acceptable uh, for a Bioware to just keep calling me back. I did a lot of work on on the Dungeons and Dragons games they were mm-hmm. doing. Uh, the very next thing that I did for them, uh, I was quite excited about because I got to be Siric, the God of Murder, Ooh. in uh, in one of the expansions for Baldur's Gate Two. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And and various other things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Neverwinter Nights. I think yeah. I was a Baylor and a Hobgoblin Shaman and oh. various other things. I was going to say Neverwinter Nights just came out on the Switch, on the yes. Nintendo Switch. Yeah, because they've uh, re-released mm-hmm. all of those classic games. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was Skybound partnered with Beam Dog. Yeah. And uh, and they they put them all out, uh, spruced mm-hmm. them up, and uh, put them out on console. So that's re- that's really fun. That, yeah. That those games are now available uh, to play. Yeah, Dustin got a. Uh, Wyatt uh, Neverwinter Nights for Christmas. Nice. And so he has that for the Switch. Mm-hmm. So, but he is real big into Overwatch right now. Oh, yes. yes. Of course. Well, many people <laughs> are big get, into Overwatch. Can't get him to play anything else right now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, because I was a Dungeons and Dragons player, I think that that actually helped me mm-hmm. uh, getting called back to, uh, to do a lot of work for Bioware yeah. uh, uh, back in the day. Uh, it was. The fact that I had a sort of shorthand, I just I I was quite familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. and they didn't have to explain things to me. Right. Like you know, if they told me someone's alignment, I was like, oh yeah, I know exactly where that, yeah, <laughs> where that puts them on the, yeah. the whole alignment scale, and uh, just being able to go in the booth and and not have to get everything explained to me. That really right. helped. So for a long time, I was doing mostly like bad guys and monsters and things yeah. like that. I was about to say, just based on the Kaiser Vex voice that I know you can do, yeah, I, so. <laughs> I completely understand why they 
<laughs> enjoy having you voice those kind of characters. Yeah. And I worked pretty much on everything that Bioware put out subsequently. I did something okay. on them. So I did a lot of demo work on Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did uh, stuff in Jade Empire. Okay. Uh, did, uh, of course... Um, Again, mostly mostly monsters and, and mm-hmm. bad guys. Yeah. Uh, it was when we started working on Mass Effect, I was actually, before I was cast as Shepard, I was brought in to sort of do some a presentation on what the various alien races might sound like. So this okay. was in the early, early days, in like oh. concept art stages. Okay. And uh, I just assumed that I'd be getting a lot of, you know, some alien roles and things like that. But during that process, they actually asked me to audition for the lead. Oh. And I held up absolutely no hope of getting it. <laughs> uh, which is probably good. Maybe that's why I got it, because I wasn't, wasn't pinning all my hopes on that. Yeah. Uh, and as, as these things happen, I was basically informed, like, oh, you got a call back. And so as I was working on this other alien stuff, I would, you know, do, do an audition and... Forget about it. Uh, yeah. Then I was told that, well, it's down to you and a couple of guys from L.A. And it's like, well, certainly one of them will get it. Uh, and I'll do some aliens. But then I was informed that, <laughs> no, we, we we would like you to play the lead in this game. And the fact that I got to play opposite Jennifer Hale, who right. is one of the most prolific voice actors in uh, in North America or the world, right. uh, it was a big thrill. So, yeah. and, and plus, I also got to be a bunch of aliens. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So what is your like actor to actor like what is your process of especially when you're doing aliens and monsters and bad guys and what is your process of creating those voices and sounds and stuff like that well and especially like your bad guys making sure they don't sound the same Oh sure, yes. You 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 don't want that. Your typical bad guy. <laughs> I, I mean, I essentially work with my director. Uh, okay. We don't get a lot of prep time, uh, yeah. especially in video games, uh, because uh, you know non-disclosure and right. they don't want scripts floating around out there. You're usually getting your script when you show up at the studio oh. to do your session. You don't right. you don't get to like read your script ahead of time. Oh, most okay. In most <laughs> cases, yeah. Uh, you basically go in, you might have a, a few ideas. Being an improviser does really help because you, yeah. you kind of have to do things on the fly mm-hmm. and be able to just make choices, right. uh, drop into character immediately, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So as far as the process goes, uh, if, you know, say a given alien or monster or whatnot, I might try a few different things and the yeah. director would go, okay, I like this, let's, let's narrow it down to this. Okay. Or if there's, you know, if the, the part was small enough, you might try... To actually lay down a few different uh, okay. versions of it, and uh, just see what they like. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because I mean, you have like your obviously your natural voice. It's very soothing to oh, listen thank to. You. <laughs> um, but I'm amazed with what you can't like what you're able to do with your voice and just the, the listening to you go from. Like at the Dragon Con show, go from Kaiser Vex to to Commander Shepard. Oh was, yes, which was really weird. Yeah, because we had that. Uh, <laughs> I believe people were. It was a, for the fundraiser, yeah. Right? So it people was. could ask, request things and impressions yeah. and things like that. But hearing Commander Shepard's voice come out of, even though obviously it's the same person doing mm-hmm. it, come out of Kaiser Vex, this totally not evil Dragonborn. <laughs> it it was so weird, like just. And everyone was so, like, thrown off by it. <laughs> but it was w- amazing. Oh, glad to hear. But it's... Hear, hearing what people can... Like, the different things that people can do with their voices and how their minds work and stuff like that, it's so fascinating. I mean, just last night I was doing quite a few voices because I was doing my one-man show. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Fear and Loathing and Lovecraft. Yes. How did it go? It was great. Uh, we had a very a very nice house, and awesome. they were very appreciative. And, Good. Uh, yeah, so I think the show went uh, went quite well. People and seemed to enjoy it. last night was your second night doing that show, right? Yes. Because you did it last week as well. I did well. it last week, too. Cool. Uh, I basically came uh, came down to play with dads and do improv D&D, yeah. but I had my Lovecraft show, which I wrote for the Fringe Festival last year, and I thought, well, I might as well do that here. So what is 
fear and loathing in Lovecraft? Uh, well, it is. Uh, I adapted it. I wrote the. I wrote the play, but it mm-hmm. is adapted from a novel called *The Damned Highway*. Okay. Fear and Loathing in Arkham, which is by Brian Keane and Nick Mamadis. Okay. Uh, it was published back in, I believe, 2011. Okay. Uh, and it was actually published by Dark Horse Comics, even though it's a prose novel. Oh. Yeah. Got it. And uh, it's best described as Hunter S. Thompson meets H.P. Lovecraft. Interesting. So the protagonist is quite clearly meant to be Hunter S. Thompson, uh, written in his style and his voice in Got the first it. person. And uh, rather than going to Vegas, uh, he goes to Lovecraft Country, to oh. <laughs> Arkham and Innsmouth and, uh, and various places like that. Uh, so it was, it, I read the novel years ago, and uh, I, it, was, it was a great read. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, and I was, I was struck by the idea to adapt it into a one-man show. Uh, so as you might imagine, I play Hunter S. Thompson, uh, mm-hmm. or, or Uncle Lono, as he is known in the, uh, in the play. But I also play everyone he encounters. Right. Yes. And so it's a lot of fast character switching and, yeah. and voices and things like that. I was about to say, because the main character, at least from the photos that I've seen, do you wear like a Hawaiian shirt? Well, I start <laughs> I start in like, you know, the typical you right. know, Halloween Hunter S. Thompson, you know, Got from Fear and Loathing okay. in Las Vegas costume. Got uh, it. But part of the plot is that Hunter essentially goes undercover. He sort of sheds his old identity. It's set right after he's written Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and it's become a big hit. Uh, And he's actually upset because he doesn't want the notoriety that comes with being this famous author. He he prefers to be an observer sitting at the back of the room. So he decides to uh, shed his old identity and create this new one and go undercover because he starts to... He stumbles upon uh, a plot by the Cult of Cthulhu uh, to uh, to do something sinister with America, and uh, yeah, it's uh, as I say, it's it's set in 1972. So Richard Nixon is president, and Got he's it. sort of tied up in the cult of Cthulhu and all oh. that sort of thing. And of course, Richard Nixon was one of Hunter S. Thompson's main nemesi, nemesis, uh. nemesis, nemesi. Hmm. Nemes- he was huh. a, he was an arch enemy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's. Uh, as I say, I can't take credit for the plot. Uh, Nick and, and Brian uh, wrote a great book, uh, yeah. and it was it was a challenge to adapt it because there's so much great stuff in the novel. And right. but you know you can't do an entire novel in seventy five minutes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I mostly pared it down. Oh, okay. And uh, it's uh, I'm quite happy with the way it turned out. I. I'm so sad that like my schedule didn't work out for me to be able to come see it. Well, oh no 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 no! That's all right. So because it sounds I, like it's so much fun. I can do it for you now. <laughs> I don't know if we have that much time. Very well. But because you do have a show tonight. I do do so. have improv Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. But it's okay. I'm improvising it. So yes. Yeah, but I'm super excited for improv D and D tonight because um, it's a hoot. No, thank show. you. Yes, <laughs> so and I, <laughs> I should mention that uh, I'm, uh, I usually come down uh, to mm-hmm. kick things off. Uh, I was the one who created this format. I brought it oh, down okay. here, uh, taught it to the Dad's Garage guys. Got it. And uh, they uh, they basically do a run of it every year. I was about uh, to say, because they're going for like an extra four weeks after you leave or something mm-hmm, like that. Yes, and this year they'd actually started a little bit before just scheduling. Oh, okay. I couldn't come down here in time. Uh, but uh, for the last few years, I've been coming down just to kick off yeah. the season of Improv Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, we've been lucky enough that sometimes uh, other guests have mm-hmm. uh, have been present while I've been doing yeah. that. So I believe the very first one we had Colin Mockery, love him, the patron saint of improv, yes, as we call him. Uh, and Colin had never played Dungeons and Dragons before, really, never. Uh, but he was, of course, brilliant and hilarious, and he played a cleric uh, and made up his own god. Uh, okay. <laughs> Chad, the god of sensible footwear. Of course. Mm-hmm. And made up all the religious sayings of Chad, and uh, yeah, it was it was it's, thrilling. Yeah. It's so like awe inspiring to just see someone's brain work like that on the fly. Mm-hmm. You're just and, like, and Colin, of course, is a master. Of course, just a pure pleasure to play with. So I was I was really gratified that we got to play with him. Colin has since uh, come up to uh, Edmonton when we played the oh, okay. Improv Dungeons yeah. and Dragons at Rapid Fire Theater up there. That's so cool. And who else? Oh, uh, Henry Zabrowski, I believe it was last okay. year uh, from uh, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell yes. and uh, Last Podcast. I was going to say, I was, he's 
Yeah. No, I remember him from last year's show mm-hmm. when you were here. Yes, and he, of so. course, does uh, last podcast on the left as well. Yes. Yeah, it's a very entertaining podcast. He uh, he actually brought in his character sheet from when he was a kid. Oh, really? He basically played the character that he played uh, when he was a kid, uh, actually at the table playing D&D. That's so cool. So, yeah, that was fun. That's so cool. And uh, Dad's Garage, of course, you know, they, they basically... Put a costume together for him. And, oh, of course. You know, he was he was a half elf, I believe. So he had, he was in full, yeah. you know, prosthetic ears and the whole of bit. Of course. Yeah. Uh, it was. I just I remember last year coming, and I laughed harder than I've laughed in so long, <laughs> and so I'm excited to get to see it again. But like, it's gonna be a totally different show. Oh yeah. And even like from. I assume from, like, this week, from last week, it will be a totally different show almost. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, completely, because we'll we'll just be making right? some, some new adventure up. Yeah. Also, I'm not sure if uh, we'll have entirely the same cast. As, mm. uh, they have a large stable of players at Dad's yeah. Garage, so everyone oh, okay. wants to rotate through. And they'll probably be some of the same characters, okay. but uh, there'll be some new ones as well. I was about to say, because Dustin was telling me about last week's show, and I'm just like, oh, I'm so sad that I missed it. <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> And then it's just like, oh, but I really missed it. Like, this week's show might not be the same. It won't be the same. But but we'll we'll try to make it just as entertaining. Yeah, of course. So I expect to go in laughing so hard. We'll we'll try to meet your expectations. All right. I I want to come out tonight having a six-pack of abs from laughing so hard. (laughs) We'll do our best. So... So, um, so I want to talk about this coffee that we're drinking before I finish yes, it. Yes, it's tasty coffee. It's so good. Now, what is what is this uh, particular blend? So this blend, um, this is from one of our new sponsors. Um, they're called Geek Grind Coffee. I like um, them already. Yes, they uh, specialize strictly in Colombian coffee mm. um, because they are a Colombian American family um, who has their own coffee farms down in Colombia. And so they try to do everything to support everyone working down there. Um, so they grow, harvest, package, everything that they can do down there before they ship it here. This is tasty, guilt-free so, coffee. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and what is this particular blend we're having? This blend that we are having is called the Dragon's Roast. Mm, it's apropos. A, yes, it is a dark roast. Um, but it's not too dark. No, but no. it is, but it is a very strong, hearty coffee, which I which I tend to like. I do too. So, but I chose the Dragon's Roast one because you said you like dark roast coffee, mm. but also because of Kaiser Bex. Yes, your well, wonderful, you. lovable Dragonborn. <laughs> he's fun to play, he, and he's, he's actually fun to watch. <laughs> I mean, I haven't played a cleric in years. Really? Yeah. So it was uh, it was fun to uh, go back into that class. I tend to yeah. be spellcasters, but usually yeah. ar- arcane spellcasters. Right. That's. Same. <laughs> in 5th edition, I've got a real soft spot for the uh, for the Warlock class. Ah. Mm. Can you do your Kaiserback voice? I can. With your speech impediment? Yes. <laughs> that makes me sound evil. But, uh... <laughs> I, I don't want to... I, don't I was about to say, do you too much. Warm, I got a show tonight. Yeah, yes. you haven't warmed up. I haven't warmed up. <laughs> so, but you can go watch D4 and watch Mark play Kaiserback. Mm-hmm. I will do the voice so. there. So, because you're going to be... Back this Sunday for D four. Yes, I'm really so glad. Two to, weeks in a row. I'm very glad I got to do two weeks in a row. Yeah. So it's always it was always a blast to watch you play with them. And Cadkins was on fire last week. I thought so. Yes. <laughs> Just totally throwing Harold under the under the bus <laughs> to be. Your oh yes, roommate. that's right. And uh, and now Kaiservex and Harold are roommates. So totally. Mm-hmm. He has to put up with your swampy stench. Yes. Well, you know. He's, he's a black dragon, so yeah. he, he exudes acid all yes. the time. Yes. He's always <laughs> but, drooling a bit. And what is the what is the incense that he carries in his... Uh, I believe it's dragon's blood incense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah, so, so he... It's all tied together. His mace is a large incense burner as well, Love or a sensor. Yeah. Love it. This episode is sponsored by Found Familiar. Found Familiar is a company that not only brings you amazing coffee, but believes in supporting creators. They team up with different artists and cosplayers from around the world to bring you specialty-grade coffee that celebrates the creativity sparked by Dungeons & Dragons and other TTRPGs. 
Found Familiar aims to do more than just provide caffeine for your groggy mornings and late night sessions. They believe in using their platform to recognize the people that share the same passions. People that create stories, create characters, and create art. They showcase fantasy artwork and photos on their coffee, and that's why you'll never see those pieces anywhere without credit to the creators. They just released some new copies on their website, so make sure you go check it out. You can head over to foundfamiliar.com and use Nerdspresso, N-E-R-D-S-P-R-E-S-S-O, for 10% off your coffee order today. This episode is sponsored by Dryad Tea. So we've had some delicious teas on this podcast so far, and I have yet to find anything that I don't like. Uh, I was never really a tea person before I started this podcast, but this podcast has really made me like open up and, you know, makes me try new things because of my guests. And so far, everything has been so good. I've had varying ranges of the black teas, the herbal teas, the green teas, and everything has been so good. But Dryad Tea was created in February 2012 by a tea aficionado who also loves music. The first line of teas was created based on Pandora Celtica's music, characters, and world. Since then, they have created amazing tea blends inspired by music, mythology, literature, and general geekery. In 2013, they added Dryad Pottery, and Ruby has been creating amazing works of ceramic art to pair with the blends of Dryad Tea. You can join their Tea of the Month Club, get a custom tea blend made, or you can shop The Goblin Market for tea infusers, enamel pins, and music. Go to dryadtea.com and use code NERDSPRESSO, N-E-R-D-S-P-R-E-S-S-O, for 10% off your order today. So yeah, we're drinking this delicious coffee. Um... And I, I want to, I want to go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want to, what did, what did we little Mark imagine he would be doing when he grew up? Hmm. What was the original, what do you want to be with you grow up? Well, my dad was a doctor. <laughs> okay. Well, he is a doctor. He is a doctor. Uh, <laughs> just retired recently. Aw. Yes. But uh, he, yeah, he was a small town doctor and, okay. uh, you know, up until his recent retirement at the, you know, in his 80s, oh uh, he was, he was still doing house calls uh, wow. up until he retired. Wow. Yeah. So uh, he'll be hard to replace. I, I suspect the new town doctor will not probably do house calls. Probably not. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd thought uh, I was probably going to go into medicine. Really? Yes. And my sister actually is a doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know you had a sister. Yes. Huh. Younger sister. Oh. Yes. And uh, she's a doctor. She lives in Ireland. She actually wow. went to my dad's old school, uh, the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons. Okay. I did not do that. As you can <laughs> as you can imagine, I'm, I'm a terrible disappointment. No. Yeah. I was about to say, are they just, were they totally supportive of your interest in the arts? Or were they like, oh, you should really be a doctor? I think a little more trepidatious at the yeah. beginning, yes. Uh, but uh, very supportive. Very Good. supportive. Yeah. And obviously, hopefully, very proud of you now. I, I, I should hope so. <laughs> I was about to say, you've made a wonderful life for yourself as a voice actor well, and an you. actor and all of that. So. Uh, and, and yeah, like, like there's a... Quite a few medical professionals in my family, in my immediate family, because my dad's a doctor, uh, my sister is a doctor, and my brother-in-law is a doctor. Wow. Yeah. So, so where where did the deviation come from? To where did the the interest in the arts? Where, when did that spark? Uh, well, I mean, it, the funny thing is, I never even took drama in high school. Really? Because I went to school in a very small town oh. where drama was not an option. I had to take art by correspondence. It was basically either academics or sports, and ah. I came down on the academic side. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I did play a lot of D&D uh, when I was in junior high and high school, and that was really my first improv and acting experience. I, oh, I credit okay. Dungeons & Dragons with, you know, that's the reason why I do wow. character voices and things like that, especially to, as a dungeon master. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I know as an actor, like, getting into D&D, even this late in life has really helped me, mm-hmm. and especially with my improv skills. Yes. Um, 
So I totally get that. Uh, also, the, the group that I played with the most uh, back in the day, uh, we tended to play for laughs as well. So, you know, oh, yeah. the, uh, the innkeeper at the local tavern uh, might sound like Barney Rubble or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So uh, work in all your cartoon voices yeah. and character voices. I'd always loved animation mm-hmm. and uh, voice work and things like that. Uh, I'd always loved sketch comedy, uh, Monty Python, of course, but also yes. uh, SCTV, which okay. uh, is probably not as well known as Saturday Night Live uh, down here, but it was hugely influential on me. I was uh, also, say, is that the Canadian version of Saturday Night Live? Uh, in a sense, they were contemporaries. Oh, okay. uh, and, and, of course, Kids in the Hall as well. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, so did you start, so you played D&D and stuff through junior high and high school and then did you go to college? Yeah, I, I actually was uh, enrolled in science. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was, I started uh, in uh, looking towards uh, getting a BSc, a Bachelor of Science and uh, I did the the stereotypical thing of dropping out and becoming an actor. Yep. Yep. Uh, my parents told me that if I wanted to be an actor, I had to at least do two years and get my associates. Mm-hmm. That way I had something to fall back on. Sure. I have nothing but, to fall back on. I have no other skills except pretending. Same. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I did my two years. Um, the only reason I really passed college with any decent amount of a GPA was because I took so many fine arts classes. I was on a theater scholarship. I was on a jazz band scholarship. I did all of that. Um, Had all the theater classes and whatnot. But like all of my basics and core classes, I was like C's and D's. The only core class I actually did halfway decent in was British literature. Sure. Because I love British literature. And it's, there's so much that ties into theater and stuff like that. Of course. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of my training, I don't, I don't have like formal uh, yeah. training. I mean, I don't have accreditation, I should say. But you I didn't go to school. I didn't go to school, it. but I did train with Rapid Fire, and of course, right. they bring in folks from all over the world. Right. And uh, quite a bit of traveling and going to festivals and things like that. So that that was my education. And, Got it. Yeah. Hey. And stage time is it's really the best teacher. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Same. Um, I when I when I got into the film industry, I started you know being a stand-in and doing stuff like that, and that's basically f- free film school because you're like right in the thick of it. You get the in front of camera experience without the nerves of actually like being in front of the camera and having to perform. <laughs> um, and it was just kind of like, yeah, like why would I drop a whole bunch of money to go to film school to be an actor or anything like that when I can just have real life experience doing it. Yes. That's the way I learn is I just like being thrown into it. Mm. I did drop money of course because (laughs) workshops are not free all the time. Of course. Uh, But uh, yeah, I I do think that it's hard to beat actual time on stage or in front of Of the camera uh, in in terms of Mm -hmm. the what it teaches you. Yes. I love being on stage. Mm. So I just... We just started rehearsals for Adam's family. Oh, excellent. Yes. And so yes, because I, I know you just did Shrek recently. I did uh, back in July. Mm-hmm. And that was that was my first time being back in theater after like a very long hiatus because I had been focusing on film stuff. And so it had been like I did theater in college and then I jumped straight from that into film school. So I hadn't done theater in like seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's completely different. I it think. is. It uses different muscles. And also, mm-hmm. I mean, I would have a hard time. Sometimes people ask me, uh, it's like, oh, so what do you prefer? Do you prefer voice work or on-camera work? Or mm-hmm. uh, do you prefer uh, theater? And it's really hard to give up so the... Different. Yeah, there and and theater specifically, there's the immediate connection with the audience. You're right. in front of people, right. and you know, sort of that instant riding their the waves of their energy, that yes. sort of thing. So yeah, I yeah. Uh, I really enjoy that. Yeah, there is there's something about the instant gratification that you get from a live audience. <laughs> it's uh, all about just, instant gratification. Really. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I was so excited to be involved with Shrek and I got to play Princess Fiona. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was also lucky enough to get engaged <laughs> during that I've show. Seen the photo- I have seen the photos um, of Dustin uh, proposing to you in, while well, you're in full I, Fiona garb. Yes, full ogre Fiona garb. Ogre Fiona, like, I should say. Yeah. That's, that's the distinction, was I wasn't in princess Fiona garb. I was in ogre Fiona garb. She's still a princess. I mean, yes, but I had the green makeup on my face. Yes, um, and the prosthetic nose. and Of course, and the, the ears and everything, and this <laughs> horrid wedding like wedding dress type thing. And it just, I was totally surprised. And well, it's a very, I it, just, it makes a very adorable photo on Facebook, <laughs> it which, does, which is where I it saw does. it. <laughs> um, but it, like insta tears mm-hmm. and just tear marks through my green makeup. Of course. And it was, but it was, I came off such a good show that <laughs> the adrenaline crash the next day was so horrid <laughs> of just good show, like. All the like all of our friends and family were there, mm-hmm. and then proposal on top of now, it. No, had Dustin arranged for them all to be there? Uh, it, it, no. Oh, okay. It was just it, so, it just worked out. Yes. So my parents were in town mm-hmm. because um, because obviously this was one of my first shows actually like starring in it, um, and so they came in and I had told Dustin I was like. We had, we had kind of talked about moving forward and getting engaged and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, my parents are coming into town for Shrek. That's your, like, one opportunity to talk to my dad in person. Right. So I knew he was going to talk to my dad. But you weren't expecting the proposal. I was not expecting Certainly the not when you were dressed as an ogre. Exactly. But it's pretty on brand with me and Dustin. <laughs> um, we met on set. Mm-hmm. And he dressed me in a turkey costume. <laughs> so him proposing How to romantic. me as... I know, right? The, yeah, his first words to me, because he was costuming uh, a TV show. Mm-hmm. And so his first words to me ever were, I know exactly what I'm going to put you in. And it was a turkey costume. <laughs> um, and the rest is history. <laughs> and now during Adam's Family... We're getting married in a month. Yes. Exactly. And who are you playing in Adam's family? Um, I am one of the ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm... It's the, the musical version, yes. I assume. Yes. yes. Um, I auditioned for Wednesday, but they went with a younger Wednesday. Right. Um, but, I, yeah, I get to be one of the ancestors, so part of Fester's posse. Nice. Um, playing the, the saloon girl, which is pretty on brand with me as a person. Um, but I... She also has, like, one of the higher singing parts, right. and so I think that's why that happened. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> well, I hope you have. And you yeah. say uh, your wedding is during the run. Yes. Lovely. Well, not during the run. It's during rehearsals, though. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, actually, one month from today is wedding day. Excellent. Well, I wish you all the best. Thanks. Yeah. So, I'm super excited. But it's also like, okay, <laughs> we're one month out. <laughs> <laughs> and being in yeah. rehearsal for a show at the same right. time that you're getting married. Uh, so, oh, and that's... trying to buy a house. Oh, well, oh just what it added to. All sorts of stuff happening. Just decided to add a little more stress on top. All right, right. fair enough. So, but it's, no, it's good. And I, Again, I love being back in theater and hmm. all of that. It's a good so, place to be. It is. Um, and I'm finally finding all of the, the theaters around Atlanta, so I'm hoping to get involved more with them. Yes. And all of that. Yeah, so. I've, I've always loved uh, the stuff I've seen here down in Atlanta. And Dad's Garage, of course, you know, I've, uh, again, I've known them for 20 years. Yeah. And they, they are fantastic folks. So, yeah, I always I always really love getting to play with them. And yeah. also, they come up and uh, play with us in Canada. Oh, really? Yes. We have a big festival every year uh, oh, okay. called Improvaganza that Rapid Fire Theater runs. And uh, that's folks from all over the world. Uh, there's a theater sports tournament, but also mm-hmm. people come and showcase their various uh, uh, formats that they've developed okay. themselves and improv troops. And I usually do a improv Dungeons and Dragons show there as well, I'm just drawing from people from right. all the various troops and throw cool. together a party. And, yeah, it's fun. It sounds like you stay busy. I do. Okay. I try to. I was about to say, and you're married to your lovely wife. My lovely wife. I have never met her. Uh, yeah, so she, I mean, she was here, she was down here when we came for Halloween. I know, and I don't remember what happened, but, oh, I think we were at Game Hole. That's right, yeah, you guys were at a con. we went to Wisconsin for Game Hole Con. Although we did uh, get to go to Netherworld. Yes, we did. Because we were here just before Halloween, and uh, uh, the D4 folks, uh, we all went out to Netherworld together with uh, Belinda and I. 
I'm um, not a haunted house person. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly am. And our wedding anniversary is on Halloween. Oh, so, yes. Y- y'all seem like that totally spoopy couple that mm, would totally try. have your wedding anniversary we on try. Halloween. <laughs> uh, we also, uh, the weekend before Halloween, uh, we, so we flew down here and then we drove to New Orleans. Oh, okay. For the uh, Endless Night Vampire Ball. Ooh. Which was that great. Like a lot of fun. It was one of the best Halloween parties I've ever been in. And I love New Orleans, so it's, oh, okay. it's a great city to be in. If you I, like, you know, food and music and fun, who doesn't like that stuff? So I've been to New Orleans once, and I hated it. Really? Did you go Mardi Gras time? No. Oh. Really? Uh, no, but I did live, I lived in Shreveport for a couple years, and so I've been through a couple of Louisiana Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I, I, I just, will say this, Halloween in New Orleans is amazing. I was about to say, I guess I just didn't go at the right time, or go with the right people, or mm-hmm. something just didn't click me to like I just it was it was like it was a lot <laughs> but I I'd love to go back and give it another chance because uh Cafe Dumont ah uh-huh, yes. Uh, yes those beignets mm-hmm. are on the beignets. Point. also the seafood I love I love oh, all yeah. the shrimp and the yeah oh. everything uh, so, uh, so yes, uh, we were mentioning Belinda. Uh, Belinda, yes. uh, my wife, uh, is wife. also a voice actor. Yeah. And uh, appears in many of the same games that I do. In fact, she is the very first voice that you hear in the Mass Effect trilogy. Really? She's the Alliance computer. So when you're oh. setting up your first Commander Shepard, uh, she's the one that takes oh. you through the process. So cool. Yeah, and she also plays various other characters uh, yeah. throughout the series. There's uh, her recurring Asari, uh, Ranathanoptis, oh. uh, shows up uh, throughout the series, and there's a possibility that Commander <laughs> Shepard might kill her because she's up to some nefarious things and uh, dodgy business. Depends on whether you're Paragon or Renegade, I suppose. Uh, but uh, Belinda also does a lot of work in the Dragon Age games. Uh, okay. In fact, she's British, so she she tends to get larger roles than I do. I was about that. to say, her yes. last name is Cornish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and in the first one, uh, she played Goldana, Alistair's sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. How did you two meet? We met through improv, actually. Really? Yeah. Uh, theater sports tournament in Orlando Ooh. at uh, SAC Theater. Uh, so Belinda was uh, on a team from England, and I was on a Canadian team, mm-hmm. and so we we met during the Fringe Festival there, uh, and then we conspired to meet at some other festivals, and Whoa. then eventually conspired. she conspired, conspired, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then she came to stay with me in Canada for a bit, and then I just didn't let her leave ever. <laughs> no, she did. She did get you know she got to see her family and stuff. Sure, yes. but yeah, we uh, we got married in two thousand one. Aww. Yeah. I was about to ask how long y'all have been married, but almost mm-hmm. 20 years. Almost, coming up. Oh, It'll man. It'll be tw- 19 this Halloween and Aww. 20 next Halloween. That's so cute. And, uh, yeah, we first met in 1999 oh. at the Fringe in Orlando. Aww. I, I can't believe I haven't met her yet. Uh, well, she doesn't come down here quite as often as mm-hmm. I do. Uh, and often... Uh, she is doing fringe holdovers when I come down for Dragon Con. Okay. Yes. I was about to say, because you're, when I see all your stuff on Facebook, it seems like you're so busy. But it also, everything I see of hers, she also looks like she's super busy as well. She is. She's currently, uh, uh, well, a play that she has written. Uh, she mm-hmm. was commissioned to write a play by the big regional in town, the oh, Citadel okay. Theater. Um, Ironically. Is, yes, quite, 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 yes, yeah. The Citadel, I, I do work at the Citadel Theater. Rapid Fire is based out of it these days. <laughs> the world is ironic like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, and uh, she, so her play, uh, The Garden of Block, which is uh, adapted from a novel by Todd Babiak, that's mm-hmm. uh, going up. They're in rehearsal right now. It'll be going up in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Yeah, so she's very busy right now. And we, we work together quite a bit. Uh, oh, okay. Not I just on. I say, like, I feel like. I'm like, when do Mark and Belinda ever get to see each other? Because I feel like they're so busy. (laughs) We both are. But a lot of the time we're working on the same project because uh, not just the video game stuff. uh, Because really we do separate sessions for that. Mm -hmm. You're hardly ever together with with your fellow actors. You're you're always alone in the booth. But uh, we also have uh, a stage show that uh, we do together, uh, Dynasty, our improvised soap opera that we do up in Edmonton at the Barscona Theater. We've been doing that together for years. And also, uh, we have a TV show that we both do oh. together. Uh, Tiny Plastic Men. Yes. 
which is a uh, sort of hybrid sitcom sketch show. It's on Amazon Prime. Yes, it is available to American viewers on Amazon Prime all four, four seasons. Uh, I'm one of the creators of, uh, of the series and one of the writers. And Belinda uh, was uh, one of the leads. Uh, okay. I was one of the leads, too. But... Uh, <laughs> The show is basically about three guys who work as prototype testers at a struggling toy company that's sort of seen, seen better days. Mm-hmm. And uh, Belinda played our boss. Uh, so it was Gottfried Brothers Toys, and she was like the boss's daughter, Alexandra Amazing. Gottfried. Uh, she's very, very funny in it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was one of the three guys who you know worked in the basement as the yeah. prototype testers. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that y'all get to work together a lot. Yes, it so. is nice. It's nice. So. And and Belinda has a theater company, and I, I oh, appear yeah. in her plays sometimes. That's awesome. And uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, there's a number of plays that she's written that uh, that I've been in. Does she does she try to like include you, or is she just like, hey, I'm doing this thing, you can audition, but <laughs> like. I'm, not I'm afraid you didn't get the part. Yes. <laughs> does she does she try to include you in as much as she can, or oh, I, it... and so do I, I of oh. course, yeah. Like uh, uh, we wrote that part for her for Alexandria. And right. She and she did a marvelous job. And, uh, she won, <laughs> won some awards for it. Ooh. Yes, and uh, so, sometimes she's written parts for me in her okay. plays, and and also sometimes I just get cast as well. Cool. But uh, but of course I'll need to pass muster with the director as well. Of so yeah. So, but I love that y'all are this like really adorable, super creative couple that just supports each other we in try. that creativity. Mm-hmm. So, I I hope y'all just create things forever. Mm, thank you. <laughs> so, oh man, it's uh, I don't want to keep you talking too long because I know you have a show tonight. I got a show. I must. So I don't want to go into the realm of improvised nerdery. Yes, but I also know that you basically talk for a living i do so (laughs) um, but thank you very much for having me absolutely so where can we find you on the internet uh well as mentioned tiny plastic men is available on Mm -hmm. amazon prime we've got four seasons of that uh you can also find uh, caution may contain nuts uh i believe that that's mostly here in the states that would mostly be our youtube stuff okay got it that was a sketch comedy show Mm -hmm. uh that i did on aptn up in canada and uh we've got mm, i believe five seasons of that five seasons of that okay uh and that just actually wrapped up uh, last year we just uh, aired oh, our okay. fifth season and hmm, uh well rapid fire theater has presence you can go to rapidfiretheater.com mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's up in canada that is also that, yeah that's up in edmonton so if they want to go to canada please come to for the fringe you. yeah come for the fringe festival the fringe festival the citadel mm-hmm. all of it citadel yes rapid fire as out of the citadel i work at the barscona theater uh in edmonton as well and uh yeah i'd say i'd say your best bet is probably amazon prime Probably, yeah. Mm. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Mark underscore Mir on Twitter. On Instagram, I'm MR period Mark Mir. Mr. Mark Mir. Mr. Mark Mir. I'm afraid I don't have, like, consolidated... <laughs> it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, it's handles there. But, uh, yeah, that's the probably the easiest way to find me. And, of course, I'm also available on Cameo. Like, hey. like everyone else these days. So, so if you want Commander Shepard to mm-hmm. Personalized, to personalized greetings... Uh, weddings, parties, bar mitzvahs, what, a, what a have you. Uh, I will record a personalized greeting for you. Amazing. In Commander Shepard's voice, or perhaps in the voice of any other alien that I've uh, played in that. Uh, I, oddly enough, I've actually, because uh, I did some uh, episodes of L.A. by Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Oh, I was so on L.A. by Night. And you it was, were on L.A. by Night. It, it was, was really so fun. so good. Yes. <laughs> And uh, yeah, Jason uh, Jason Carl was very nice and, and invited me in. Uh, I played uh, the sire of one of the player characters, mm-hmm. uh, Chaz Price. And Chaz, uh, he he became uh, the villain people love to hate. Uh, oh, everyone I, loved to hate yes, you yes. so much. Uh, I don't want to give any, too many spoilers, but uh, let's just say uh, comeuppance might have been had for Chaz. And uh, I had I had a great time working on that. So. It was, in on cameo, some people have uh, specifically requested messages from Chaz. So. Amazing. Yeah. So hey, you can do what you like on cameo. Well, Kaiserbex is also available. Kaiserbex, I will do a Kaiserbex <laughs> voice on cameo if you like. 
that that is a very specific niche mm-hmm. of people who want Kaiser Vex to talk to them. Yes, yes. But it hasn't happened yet. But I'm, happened I'm always yet. willing. But who knows? D four has things planned, and that's true. And congratulations to yeah, D four on uh, becoming an official part of the Wizards of the Coast Dungeons and Dragons channel. channel. Yeah. So getting officially produced by them is amazing. That is a coup. So they they worked so hard. Um, and their show is so good, and I'm so happy and proud of them. Yes. Uh, so I hope I hope that D4 starts to become more of a household name because they're all so talented. Yes, they are, and I I always have a great time uh, playing with them, and I look forward to uh, playing with them again on Sunday. Yeah. So and then I know I'll probably see you later this. Like in like what like two months or so for D and D live probably. I'm not. I'm not <gasps> sure if I'll be there this year, but I had. I have to say, I had a great time. Last year was so much. Last fun. year and the year before the yes. uh, the Waterdeep. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, build they did was amazing. It was, yeah. just, it was like being in the city of splendors. Yeah. Uh, and then last year, of course, with the uh, the nine hells, yes. uh, the descent into Avernus, very very good. So I yeah. know you ran around. You ran around as your, not not as Baron Blood. Uh, no, I was playing uh, Duke, Duke Reprobus, yes. who was uh, a Lord of Hell. Yes, uh, I believe I was, I was a Lieutenant of Mephistopheles, and that was fun. That was yes. that was good. And you also had what was your other character that you did? Oh, uh, of you? course, the uh, the world's greatest first level mage. Oh yes, he's not a character I created. Uh, Beamdog created him, but oh, I I played him. I love this character so much. Uh, yes, he I is. I can't believe I forgot that this is who you played. <laughs> he's the world's greatest first level mage, so he's just never bothered to level up. Uh, but he has a wide selection of magic items, and he's gone on lots of adventures. He's just like, nah, I don't like to crack the spell books. So yep. yeah, he's he's a fun character to play. And remind me of his name. Alveus Malcantor. Al- yes. I was like, I knew there was an M in there somewhere. I've, my mind totally blanked on his name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, and again, I can't take credit for creating him. That was uh, He was created by Beamdog. But Alveus is a hoot. He is. Um, He's lots of fun. I got to do the uh, tutorials uh, okay. for Icewind Dale as him. And his That's his whole shtick was that, uh, you know, if you play smart, you don't you don't have to bother leveling up. So, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, he, that's how he stays amazing. Yeah, he just uses the rest of the party as meat shields. And he just has stuff. Yeah, and then collects all the the treasure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, oh, that kind of bums me out that you might not be a D&D Live this year. Oh, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, but scheduling might not work out this time. Yeah. Yeah, but Um, I hope you have fun. Yes, I'm super excited. Um, And then, obviously, we'll see you at DragonCon. I certainly hope so. So, um, and then, are are you doing anything else around... Like uh, around Atlanta, around Atlanta in the in the states or anything like that. Uh, I think yeah, DragonCon will probably be the next time that I'm down okay. here. Are you but, doing any of uh, like packs or? Uh, not like this that? year. I've got a couple of cons coming up in Canada. I'll be going to uh, Kelowna Fan Experience okay. and Northern FanCon. Okay. Yeah. So, but you also sign at DragonCon. I do, although I tend to sign only on the Monday because... Uh, you like to enjoy your convention. <laughs> I've been, yeah, I've been coming to Dragon Con since 98 as a fan. Yeah. Uh, so when, I think my first one was 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. uh, the first time I was asked to be a guest at Dragon Con, I was, of course, deeply honored, and yes. it's like one of my favorite conventions, mm-hmm. of course, uh, but I did sort of request that, uh, could I just sign on the Monday because I, I don't want to miss Dragon Con. Right. Be, yeah. Because I like to enjoy I, Dragon I, I'd Con. I like to enjoy it, and uh, certainly I do uh, as many panels and shows and things yes. like that uh, as possible, but uh, I prefer not to just be chained to a table for the yes, for, and absolutely. miss the wonder and joy <laughs> that is Dragon Con. Yes. It's um, it's one of my favorite times. Do you have any do you have any costumes planned? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be bringing Baron Blood back because uh, the folks I did the Legion of Monsters uh, group with last year, I think they want to try it again. Cool. Uh, and uh, last year I had uh, a Monel costume for the big Legion of Superheroes shoot and I think that's happening again too. Did I see that costume? You may have. Maybe on Facebook. Might have been, yeah. Yeah. And uh, last year, of course, I also, uh, last couple of years, I uh, co-hosted the parade on DragonCon TV. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is always fun. Yeah. So the parade, the parade is, the parade is fun. So I've never been in the parade. I've only watched it. But it's fun. I I have been in the parade. I got up, yeah, I, uh, actually the first time that I wore 
Commander Shepard Armor that uh, uh, my friend David Carpenter of Evil X uh, Props and Armor, he built me a fantastic set of N7 armor uh, and and then gave it to me as a gift, which was very generous of him. Uh, And so the least I could do was wear it. So yeah, I marched in the parade that year. I think I'd... I'd done the parade a couple of times before that, too, okay. just with the superhero costume yeah. form. I was about to say, did you march with the, the SCF? Mm-hmm. So. And, and then, of course, with the N7 Elite when, uh, mm-hmm. when I did my Commander Shepard uh, costumes. And uh, it's, you know, uh, getting, getting up that early in the morning when... On, a sat- on, on Saturday. On the Saturday of Dragon Con. It's, it's, it's sometimes rough. a challenge, but <laughs> it is certainly rewarding. Do you have... Because um, I... I since I've known you, I've only seen you do like you did a Fallout costume. I did two yes. years ago. Yeah, I'm a huge Fallout fan. And then I've seen your Baron Blood, mm-hmm. and then I didn't get to see them on L. But do you have because you're part of the the superhero costume you have? What's your favorite superhero to? I tend, I tend to uh, costume villains, actually. So Mon-El was actually a bit of a departure for me. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for the most part, I, I've got villain costumes. What's your favorite villain? Hmm. Besides Baron Blood. Well, my favorite villain, <laughs> Doctor Doom. Oh, Doctor yes. Doom, of course. He is the prototypical yes. villain. And uh, uh, I, I did, actually, years ago, I, I did a full Doctor Doom costume. It's in pieces now. I've never brought it down here. Uh, but let's see, what other villains have I done? The Super Adaptoid, that was a... Okay. As far as I know, I'm the only one whose costume does the Super Adaptoid. I have, I've never seen another I was about one. to say, that's a, it's an obscure one. He's a bit obscure. He's a bit obscure. Uh, but uh, let's see, the Super Scrawl, that's another yes. favorite of mine. Uh, that seems like a very natural villain choice for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, I, I like villains that have the powers of entire superhero teams. Of course. Uh, let's see. Oh, Hobgoblin. Yeah. And then on the DC side, uh, I've done Black Adam and Bizarro and okay. Sinestro. I also, uh, funnily enough, tying back to Fear and Loathing and Lovecraft, I did a mashup uh, that I've done a few times. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson of the Sinestro Press Corps. Oh my gosh. Which is basically Hunter S. Thompson <laughs> in a Sinestro uniform. I love that so much. <laughs> yes. And uh, my friend Ryan has uh, on occasion played my attorney. As nice. as a red lantern, so nice. we are the fear and loathing lantern. Yes. Group. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> I love good mashups like that. They are fun. So, but I love that you you seem to choose villains and stuff that are you either have to have like a like a good like silicone mask. Or I something. do have a fair number of silicone masks. Yeah. I was about to say you like that. I'm a big uh, composite effects fan. Yes. Mm-hmm. So is there is do you just like the transformation to be those characters, or do you... Well, I just like those characters, first yeah. of all. I, I tend to like, you know, monsters and mm-hmm. things like that. Big Halloween fan, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I do I do enjoy the sort of disguise as, and complete transformation yeah. aspect, too. So, yeah, Monel was uh, a departure not only because it was a hero, but also because I wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was going to say, like I said, the first time I met you, you were barren blood, and so, like, I didn't even get to see your face. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a big purple vampire bat. Right? Yeah. With this very flashy purple coat. Mm-hmm. So, but thank you so much. Again, thank you very much for having me. letting me snag you for a little bit and talk to you. You're most welcome. So, um, I can't, like I said, I can't wait for Improv D&D tonight. Hope you enjoy. So, would you like to sign us off? Of course. I should go. (laughs) All right.